Moto One Podcast Network. You're listening to Creative Riding, the motorcycle podcast that's like riding through the rain in wool pants and only wool pants. We're brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. For more information, head over to patreon.com forward slash creative writing. We don't know why they support us, but you should. Now, to your regularly scheduled show, and don't turn it off this time. Don't just stop. Like this, all right, and that, yeah, uh, okay, good, thanks. Hey, that was a good two and a half hours of recording. I think that made up for us missing last week. All right, well, thanks, Tanner. I can see why uh, Moto or the Nokomoto boys have you. Wait, what? Wait, what? We weren't recording this whole time, two and a half hours, and we were. You were. <laughs> Tanner? Sorry about that. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome. It's Friday. It is uh, Junkie Turdman. And, uh, hi. Now I see why they fired you. Oh, but yeah, boy. Oh, here. So Tanner did get some of our audio on the other mic here, I guess. So we'll have to cut some of this out. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome. All right, we'll go ahead and cut that. Yep, there we go. All right, well, hey, how you doing? Happy Friday. Happy uh, 357th of 2020. I, you know, it doesn't really matter at this point what month or what day it is anymore, I guess. Um, yep, that's 2020 in a nutshell, folks. So, listen, uh, yeah, we didn't bring you a show last week because... Um, I don't know. Were we on Nokomoto last week? I forget. I don't think we were. But listen, old junkie here. I've been, uh, I think I mentioned it before. I've been BD. If you don't know what that means, I uh, have your dad explain it to you. But I've been BD in the old, um, in work lately. And it has been a bear. God, the studio looks like crap. Um, let me put the, uh, I don't even have my headphones set up here, right? I'm going to clip them to me so I don't accidentally rip them off here. But yeah, the studio looks like SH um, exclamation point uh, pound sign. If, you, if you're over 30, you know what a pound sign is. It's a hashtag if you're under 30. Um, but yeah, like this, it's terrible looking in here. My Everything's getting, um, since, since nobody's been over, not only do the motorcycles have a layer of dust on them, um, they got like, one of them has a jacket draped over it. That's never a good sign when you start draping stuff over the jacket. Um, but yeah, I did, I want to wrap up the last couple weeks. We didn't, we didn't come to you last week and it's partially because I've been yapping, uh, for eight hours a day, nonstop for the past, well, I can't say eight hours a day this week. 
um, that you're hearing this being recorded. But prior, last week, it was my fourth week of straight yapping for eight hours per day. Um, Yeah, trying to teach people all about motorcycles and all the great stuff that goes along with them at my work. So uh, I've had a big group of people come. Um, Thanks to COVID-19, y'all may, you've heard of this thing? Y'all heard about this crazy new trend called COVID-19? It seems to be affecting a couple things here and there. Um, And basically it affected some people at my work who were going to get furloughed or actually probably get laid off. Um, and I was like, Hey man, anything we can do to help keep these people, they're very valuable. They, it turns out they're super smart and a real sweet group. And I'm, a, it's a pleasure, uh, to have them on my team now. And, uh, yeah, so I am the, uh, senior person on my team. So guess what? Who knew that? Who knew Junkie was a senior something or other senior, anything senior goofwad, <laughs> Hey, Goofwad. Yeah. Um, I should put Goofwad uh, on my business cards. But anyway, um, yeah, so I'm training a bunch of people. Uh, Literally, it went from a couple to like a bunch. And that has made online training for everybody a little crazy. So yeah, Junkwad has been, instead of being able to just sit down and show people how to do stuff, I've had to be available online. Oh. M-G. No, O-M-L, on my line, um, on, you know, basically talking for eight hours a day, uh, showing people the processes that I do at my work, me, and if you don't know what I do, I'm an undertaker, I kill people and then bury them, uh, I guess that's called a serial killer, um, no, I work with the motorcycles and great stuff like that, and so I'm taking people that don't work with motorcycles and teaching them all about them, it's great fun, you ought to try it sometime, um, the best thing I had was somebody sent me a picture of a uh, master uh, rear brake master cylinder reservoir and asked me if it was an oil filter. <laughs> and I said, no, that is not an oil filter. Let me tell you what that is. So it's fun. I like, I like sharing my knowledge and at least, um, you know, it reinforces that I actually, I guess I do know a little bit about something now and then. So that that's also nice too. It's a nice feeling to say, hey, you uh, you have some knowledge that you can share with other people. And guess what? You're not a total idiot. I mean, you are a total idiot, but you make it sound like you know what you're talking about. So um, the way I got promoted to uh, the senior position at my work is I listened to Nokomoto's segment uh, basically on repeat. If you ever listen to the Nokomoto, they're part of the uh, – there are sister podcasts in the East um, coming to you from the great state of – Colorado. I almost called the state Golden Colorado, but I don't think Colorado's golden whatsoever. There's a city named Golden, but the state I think is just green, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <sighs> yeah, that's me getting that Rocky Mountain high. Not that you can't do that here in California. Anyway, uh, enough stalling for time. I was looking for a cable to plug in a phone. Alright, because we're going to call the president of... Uh, Rossi Ranch, the doctor himself here in a little bit, and I want to make sure I have everything set up. Uh, so yeah, anyway, uh, how do you get to be a senior in my position? Did I, did I already answer that question? You listen to Nokomoto's um, segment, how to know, how to sound like you know what you're talking about. I really don't know anything about motorcycles. The fact that I've had this job before Nokomoto podcast came out is baffling 
both to you and me and my supervisors. Uh, so yeah, I can already feel my throat giving out. I better get straight to the point. Hi, everybody. How are you? Um, I wanted to say hello to our patrons. Thank you so much, patrons, for supporting the show, uh, especially in this time right now. And I'm sure everybody could use a couple extra bucks. Um, hopefully, Patreon isn't breaking the bank. If it is, uh, feel free to bail out anytime you need. Um, so, yeah, that's what I have to say about that. Um, yeah, and then I'll also, patrons... Um, Things are coming back online, it seems. Uh, I say this I say this because I've heard, I mean, here in California, they're still saying you should wear a mask anytime you're outside. And so it kind of creeps me out when I go outside and I don't see people with masks because it's like, dude, I want this over as soon as possible. If that means that you have to give up your, uh, horking your uh, aerosols into my face, you know, um, for like another month, let's just do it so we can get out. You know, I'm just, I'm sick of, uh, living this way. And it's almost like if you have a broken leg, remember on the show, we used to have a girl named Jay on here and she had a broken leg and she refused to stay off of it. And then she'd complain all the time about how it wasn't healing. And the doctor told her it was not going to heal if she didn't stay off of it. Yet we went riding a bunch together, sort of like that. Um, you gotta let it heal. You gotta get it over with and, um, buttoned up, so to speak, so that it's not an issue later. Would you go on a ride? You son of a gun. You would without checking your, uh, tire after you changed it. No, you'd probably check the tire pressure. You'd probably be like worried about every single little wobble that you felt. Did I get the tire on wrong? Did I, am I getting a pinch flat? Blah, 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 blah. I'm going to go 90 miles an hour now on this tire. I hope it got it on good. Yeah, you'd probably, like, you probably wouldn't just open it up and pop wheelies on a brand new freshy tire, A, because it's not heat cycled and scrubbed, and B, because you're probably worried that you, not you, the other guy, most of the other people listening. Yeah, geez, calm down, Rick. Um, but most of you, like, you know, you pop a new tire on, especially if you've never done it before, you're probably going to like be like, hey, man, I better take it easy till I figure out if this thing's on right. So that's my, that's my deal with the current situation of things. Yeah, you have to wear a face mask, and yeah, you have to stand six feet apart, where I don't even know where that rule came from. I'd prefer you stand 10 feet apart from me so that I can use that old uh, 11 feet. So I can use the old saying, I won't touch you with a 10-foot pole. Because you're 11 feet away from me. So anyway, I don't know where the six-foot rule came from, but I think it should be more like 10 feet. I'm sick of being by people, period. Um, but yeah, let's get this all out of the way so that we can get back to normalcy. And the longer we take to like get better and recover, you idiots, the longer it's going to take. But having said that, there still are a lot of things that never close down. Restaurants, they basically went to... I don't know, uh, skeleton formation, right? They're barely surviving. I've been trying to support the restaurants around here. Um, obviously, gas stations. I heard that gas t- prices tanked. Everybody was saying that. Wiggins said that. My wife said that. Uh, the internet was saying that. And then I go out and gas is the same damn price, like down the street. It hasn't changed. It's like the, it's like the gas station went on vacation and they forgot to change their sign. So I go there and the prices haven't dropped. I'm like, what the hell is everyone talking about? They're on crack. Yeah. So, having said that, 
I have gone on a few rides, non-essential, but also careful. Um, and I did want to talk about that. And I want to talk about a couple other things that I've seen in the news. So let's get with it, folks. Let me let me get up here and bust out some cool uh, sound effects for you. So first thing in, the, in the, what I did, <laughs> the first thing in what I did is um, I didn't get to talk to you guys last week. Like I said, I could barely speak. I feel like I've talked more in the last four and a half or five weeks than I have in 15 years of working at the company where I work. So yeah, give me a break. I'm sorry if I didn't want to come home and stare at a screen for another few hours. You guys don't have no idea how long it takes to edit a podcast. It's not like you sit down and ramble it off in your car and then send it to Junkie and he puts it on the internet. <coughs> Weekly Wiggins. <coughs> yeah, no. You got to do stuff, right? So it's not it's not as simple as like, hey, you talk for one hour and that's your one hour. You got to like do a bunch of other stuff and then you got to upload it and all this, that. And that takes talking and looking at a screen. And guess what I've been doing for eight hours straight and I don't want to do anymore. So forgive me. Forgive me for last week, okay? I'm giving it to you this week. Um, I'm going to tell you what I did last week, though. I was really excited about it. So Mother's Day weekend, you all may have remembered, was uh, you probably remembered because you forgot to go get your wife a gift or your uh, significant other if it's your baby mama. Um, if you don't have kids, don't say my fucking dogs are my kids. You stoops. You are. I'm done with you guys. If you don't have a child, you don't have a child. Uh, guess what? Uh, oh, my dog is my baby, my fur baby. Well, guess what? You might as well say you have an STD then because you don't really have one, do you? But if you're going to go ahead and call something that you don't have something that you have, you might as well say, oh, I've got cancer and, and a raunchy uh, gonorrhea. So there you go. So have that with your non-existent kid, you stoop. Anyway, for those of you that do have kids and you do have a wife, um, regardless of your gender and marriage situation. I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about you have little ones that you have to take care of. Whether they're biological foster kids, you're watching them for your you know, sister who's in jail or whatever. I don't care how you got the kids. If you're taking care of kids, especially in these times, goddamn, I salute you. And especially if you're a mother who's a, a father who's a mother and a mother who's a father and all that great shit. Mother's Day was fantastic. Um... And so I hope all of you had a wonderful one, um, whether your kids have two legs or two wheels. <laughs> After I just told you that there's no way your bike is your kid. Hey, your bike didn't pop out of your vagina or grow in your stomach or anybody's stomach. So therefore, it's not your kid, okay? I'm sorry. Um, so having said that, I hope you did have a good Mother's Day if something has popped out of your vagina, unless it's a coconut. Nobody wants a baby coconut. Um but yeah, Mother's Day was pretty awesome. I had a really fun Mother's Day. It was really cool. The whole couple weeks leading up to Mother's Day, me and my kids were making a gift for my wife since we've been in quarantine. Now, my family has been like trapped in the house for like a month now. I don't remember the last time we actually like got out. I think my wife took the kids for a drive the other day and we've been going on family walks around the neighborhood, but that's about it. Like, you know, actually getting out in the world, going to the store, all that great stuff. You know, stuff the kids didn't like to do before quarantine. <laughs> so, um, so the last couple of weeks before uh, leading up to Mother's Day, we, um, 
We made some gifts right in front of my wife's face. She didn't even notice. Um, we did it right out in the open, and that's the best place to hide stuff. So we made her some Mother's Day gifts since we really couldn't like go out and buy her anything. Um, so that was pretty fun. Um, the weekend, I didn't get to talk about this because it happened the weekend before. Um, but, uh, the moto, the third race, the third stay at home race, um, I wanted to say I watched that and that was pretty sweet. I was making mother's day gifts and watching the, uh, online GP. I think that was May 3rd. Yeah. Mother's day was the 10th. So yeah. So this is the Sunday before mother's day. And then I went for a ride an essential ride. And that's what I want to talk about. Cause I haven't just been getting out joy riding. I've seen a lot of online bike meets still happening, rides still happening. Like they never, ever stopped. And on one hand, I'm like, good, you know, like go for it. And on the other hand, I'm like, that's the same kind of people that like, we should just probably stay home and get this over with. I don't know. I'm really torn on it. I'm not against going for a ride, even a group ride. If it's like with your friends or family that you're that you know aren't sick, but dude, I I seen like big, especially here in LA. There's been a bunch of big rides. There was even a police uh, escorted ride to like a parade to go um, uh, salute healthcare workers. Now motorcyclists have their helmets on and gloves on, and they don't ride six feet next to the person next to you. You're usually a couple bike lengths, so it's the ultimate social distancing. But at the same time. Later on, like videos and stuff, I would see that they were all crammed up at the gas station, all helmets off, just blabbing, like getting ready. And I'm like, dudes, that's exactly what you shouldn't do. Like, I'm all for getting out and doing a ride. I'm glad I did it the way that I did it. Um, the very last ride I went on was March 22nd. Hey, <coughs> pardon me. Oh, I guess I have coronavirus. Um, Anyway, yeah, the last ride I went on was March 22nd. I bombed out. There was um that was a couple weeks after the federal like first federal thing came out cuz that was a couple weeks after uh, Mama tried where we're supposed to stay home um except for like essential travel and uh exercise and all that stuff. And so yeah, I I did do a ride then cuz it wasn't California at least hadn't done like the crazy like shelter in place thing yet. And uh, L.A., where I lived, didn't get the shelter-in-place order, like where you ha- you're mandated to stay in. We just got a, like, reasonable travel thing. And so that's when I went out to Route 66 and did all that fun stuff. Um, and then right after that, it was like, yeah, no. After March, it was like, yep, stay in. So all of April and most of all of May I've been in. I've been going on little rides here and there to go, like, run an errand or two. And that's different, you know. So... Um, and I have, I did the creative writing weekly challenges where you like roll your bike forward and, um, roll, you know, to, so the tires don't flat spot while you're waiting for ride season to finally get here. Um, and, uh, check your chain, all that great stuff. I was doing all that stuff too, but actually going on a ride, um, that's what I did, uh, the May 3rd, the, the week before mother's day, I went out, I did that crafting. I watched the, uh, <clears throat> the virtual GP, and then I went for a cruisy roozy. I stopped by Wiggins' house, and we chatted for a little bit about Costco and groceries and RC cars. What do you expect? It's Wiggins. Um, and then I cruised around. There's this little neighborhood between me and Wiggins that um, 
I don't know. It's weird. It's like, it's so fun. I love driving and riding up there. It's just really, it's this tiny weird, uh, like almost like a community or a commune up in the, up in the hills. And I think it probably did start out as hippies and artists. And then it's just like San Francisco, like crazy hippies and artists went there. And then like a nature center started there and it's real small. Like it's super, super small community. I, I imagine that there's only like a couple hundred people or a few hundred people in the neighborhood uh, as opposed to like, you know, a couple thousand in most of the neighborhoods around here. Um, I'd say like maybe there's like maybe 200 people up there on the hill and that's it. So it's its own little tiny community. There's like one road in and one road out. And once you enter the community on this particular road, all of a sudden it's like you're transported to another country almost. It doesn't feel like the U.S. It feels like I don't know, something that you see in the hills of Bavaria. Like the Nokomoto boys said, Bavaria pretty much is like Oklahoma <laughs> of Germany. It's a little bit backwoods and redneck. Uh, they just speak German. And that's how I feel like this town is. It's kind of modeled after that. But I feel like in the 60s and 70s, a bunch of hippies and artists move up there. And now that real estate is where, and you know, they bought it because nobody wanted that area. It wasn't like, it was like way out of, town. And now that's where people want to be is way out of town, especially in LA. Um, and so now that those houses probably go for like five mil, I'm, I'm guessing because they're super cool. It's its own little community and it's right in the fire zone. It's literally amongst trees on the driest hillside around here. So you know, those houses are expensive. Any place that can burn down in an instant in California, super expensive. Go to Compton. It's not likely Compton's going to burn down unless you have riots there. So guess what? Not real expensive. Long Beach, yeah, not real expensive. Um, Bradbury, Altadena, Malibu, uh, all those places like that, super expensive. Um, so yeah. And, and so this little community was kind of cool. I went up there and went riding around, um, and just cruised through these little streets. They're only wide enough for one car to fit. So your motorcycle even feels a little tight up there. It was so, it's so cool. So I had a really fun ride and just slow cruising. I mostly have been, um, you know, when I'm on the freeways here, it's like not relaxing. It's like you're hauling ass, you're, uh, watching out for traffic. And it was just nice to actually cruise my motorcycle for once, like fifth gear doing like 40 miles an hour rather than like pin doing close to a hundred. You know what I'm saying? Like it's uh, it was pretty fun. Uh, so having said that my ride was essential. I did not want to get busted by the Pope, not the, not Pope John Paul, but the Pope, the Popo, the police. Oh Yeah. Nope, that's me. That's not that's not the cops at your door. Um, so yeah, I uh, was a little bit worried about um, you know getting in trouble, but I was running errands. I went to uh, if you remember a few months ago, I was talking about. Um, I'm gonna do something real quick too. So if, you're, if your ears get blasted out, let me know. Uh, I was talking about the new DMV and how they had um, basically redone. Yep. Okay. Good. That's uh, what I was looking for. Okay. Sorry about that. So the new DMV got revamped. I think it was last year. Gavin Newsom, when he became governor, was like, listen, people are just sick of the California DMV. It's like the butt of jokes. Like every uh, every little cartoon movie has, you know, the, the DMV workers are either sloths or snails and stuff like that. 
And so he had the DMV revamped, and I forget the guy's name who did it, but he should—he really deserves a medal. Um, and he, the newest thing is that there's like extended hours. Now during this COVID thing, it shut down. And I don't know if I told you, but I paid for Spamala's registration way back in like November or something like that, or it was due... Yeah, it was due in October, and I wasn't sure if I was going to non-oper or not because I was going to rebuild the top end and like rebuild some of the motor. And I was like, nah, I'm not going to non-op it. Who knows I w- I, when I'll be done. So I'll just like – because then you have to pay back fees anyway. I'll just pay for it. So I did pay it a couple weeks late, like three weeks late, and I paid the late fees and got a receipt and everything. Never got my freaking uh, um, tags ever. Not yet even. It says it's May now, and I still haven't got them. I need to call the DMV and say what's up. Um, but I went to the kiosk because my I was driving through the driveway one day too, and February is when all this COVID stuff really went down and we had to stay home and all this and that. And at the end of February, I noticed that my car hadn't – my car tags. I'm driving into the driveway like the first week of March, and I'm going – wait a sec, like my car tags say Feb on them. That means they expired in February, probably the middle of February. I don't know, not 100% sure when. But I look on the DMV and it's like, yeah, our auto renewal thing is down right now. And the DMV was probably one of the first places to shut down because of COVID. And so it was just like, you know, we're not going to, we're not renewing um, or the auto renewal thing. Sorry if you didn't get your notice. You still owe us the money, go figure. Like we forgot to tell you, but you still owe us your registration. So it was really weird. And there's no one to contact because at this point they aren't open. There's nobody there manning the DMV as far as I know. And as far as it says on their website. So I go to the kiosks the other weekend on this ride and the kiosks are located all around, usually at grocery stores. So they're a little bit like a, an ATM for the DMV. Um, and that's, uh, S C I M O super cool. And, <laughs> All right, enough acronyms. Um, so anyway, yeah, it's like an ATM basically for the DMV. And you can go in and you just enter your information and they will they have your record if you paid it or not. So uh, they had my record that I had paid for my car. And pardon me. And um, I just had to pay for the new stickers, even though they should have sent them to me. Um I paid for them and they never came for my car either. So I just had to go to the DMV and pay uh, like 20 bucks to get the tag and a new card. And it printed it out right there. I didn't have to submit it and then wait for that stuff to come in the mail. I just literally went and the machine printed it out. So I was like, sweet. So I was really stoked about that. I tried to print Spamela's. Yeah. Said it wouldn't take it. I don't know what's up. You know, Spamla is being Spamla. Um, so I don't know why it wouldn't take it. And I don't know why they never sent me the tags for Spamla. That's why I got a call. But it's just now that certain DMV offices are opening. And the one, the two by me aren't yet. So they're like opening them in uh, so that people within like a 25 mile radius can go rather than like a five mile radius. So the, the one that I... Uh, is closest to me is real close. And then there's another one over in Pasadena. So I will just wait for them to open and um, go, you know, it's not like I'm going to be out driving. So what's the diff if I wait 
a few uh, another month or so. I've already paid for everything as the the deal. I just need to get it now. I just need the stickers. Um, and I don't know why it won't give me Spamala, but it said maybe the VIN wasn't long enough because Spamala has a really short VIN being a 1980. Um, so yeah, I don't know why it wouldn't give it to me, but I do have to say that whoever knew some hired, that guy that revamped the DMV, uh, is pretty sweet. Like these kiosks is like one of the best ideas I've ever had. I kind of hate self-service stuff cause I miss talking to humans and I'm afraid of that. We're going to be talking just to robots pretty soon. And then we're going to be pissed off in like 50 years when robots run everything and you can't get anybody to look at anything. It's all automated. It's going to be a really shitty future, but, um, Hopefully I'm dead in 50 years. I think when when I hit 200 years old, I'll probably die. So that's how old I'll be in about 50 years, about 200. Um, So, uh, yeah, the DMV thing is pretty cool, though. The kiosk thing, I really do have to say I was pretty stoked on that. Um, Waiting for your paperwork to come in the mail just really sucks. And being able to just go withdraw it like you would uh, some money, just sweet. The other thing is that... um, I think I told you guys this. I renewed my license last December or November. I wanted to get one of those real IDs and I got a real ID and I was like, yay. And I think I did it in December because I think you had to like do it before the 20th or something like that. I forget what the hell. But anyway, it <clears throat> turns out uh, my license expires in 2022. I went to get a real ID so I can fly around the country. It also expires in 2022. So getting it renewed did nothing for me as far as like, I'm going to have to go in in two years anyway and renew it. And to top it off, they they updated my picture, which has been the same since about 1957. So it's really awesome. Luckily, my face hasn't changed that much. Um, So I still look the same, but... uh, they forgot to put my motorcycle endorsement on there. And I just about shit my pants. Like that's a really important, especially being that's the only motor, that's the only vehicle I have right now with, uh, the valid tags on it until, you know, until I get spamless tags and I'm not driving my car. My car is just like, I, I was afraid that it wouldn't start the other day cause it's been sitting so long. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't even plan to drive my car, uh, for the rest of the summer. You know what I'm saying? Like, we could take my wife's car or ride my motorcycle. I mean, that's about it. So who knows when the next time I'll ride, drive my car is. So being that my motorcycle is the one thing that I have been uh, driving around, um, yeah, I need my motorcycle endorsement on it. Like, what the heck? I don't understand. Like, that's the one thing I was bummed out. And I, uh, Granted, going to the DMV, it was a great process. It was like all streamlined. What would have took me four or five hours before and like taking the day off of work, I went after work and it was done in an hour. I couldn't believe how fast. I went in, told them what I needed. I had printed, you know, I looked online to see what I needed to bring. It's like birth certificate, you know, bill, uh, utility bill, driver license, blah, blah, all this, all this junk. So I brought it all. But, um, yeah, I can't believe just having that paperwork was so streamlined. They took my picture and got my temporary uh, uh, license that day. I was like, whoa, like it, like within the hour. I couldn't believe it. And I'm telling you, uh, even like two years ago, this would have taken about five 
hours and a day of work. Yeah, I would have to take the day off just to go do all this jazz. So I was really stoked. Um, so the fact that they didn't get my motorcycle endorsement on there, I don't know if the guy was just trying to copy, like look and copy, and it's not a common thing, and he just didn't type it on. But it seems like it should be in the system that, hey, this guy has his, an M on his license. So I don't know, whatever. Uh, I had to go and call him about that. And it, it, at any rate, my real ID, I could just use to fly. And then my other ID, I could just use, I keep in my wallet to uh, ride around a motorcycle. And they both expire in 2022. So no harm, no foul, in my opinion. That's why I really haven't like rushed to follow up on it. But when it does expire at the end, and it, like literally, how many, we're halfway through 2020 already. Uh, it doesn't feel like it, but we're getting there. Um, what is it? Yeah, this, we're like halfway through May. So, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, we're approaching the sixth month of the year. So, um, I have about a year and a half left on this license, and I don't want my, you know, being the lazy chingadero that I am, I don't want to go and uh, not have my M on my license now when I renew it. So, 2022 is going to be here before you know it. Like, this 2020 is a wash already. We're going to be scrambling to do events and racing and get into the motorcycle groove of things. And before we know it, it'll be like winter time again already. So just prepare yourself for that. Um, so yeah, long story short, or even longer, if I'm going to say a couple more sentences about it, I was pretty stoked that I went on this, uh, this ride and was able to actually accomplish something. Um, made me feel great about things and there's nobody out. Like it was awesome. Traffic was has been like a ghost town and, uh, and I'm not kidding about that. Um, fast forward one week to this very past weekend and Wiggins told me he was going to be up at Azusa Canyon. And I said, Oh, I'm going to go up there too. And I went up there and not that I don't, I think I went the day after he was, he went up there to drive his RC car around and, um, uh, do a little rock crawling on it. And he said it was packed and I was like, Oh yeah. I went up the next day, um, and guess what? It was totally packed. I couldn't believe how many people were up there. Um, and since the national forests aren't open, is that how that works? Um, I'm not 100% sure what's open. Though. All the gates were open to get into the national forest, uh, but at the top of uh, the canyon, there's a family that lives up there that runs Crystal Lake Cafe. So they have to have the gates open to be able to get down the hill to get gas and supplies and all that great stuff. So maybe the gates are always open. Um, but the uh, ranger office was closed. The campsites are closed. The campgrounds up there are closed. Um, and then the hiking trails supposedly are closed. Like I'm, I'm unsure about like what recreational things are open and what aren't. But let me just tell you, they are not enforcing any parking stuff right now um, to keep people from getting a hardship. So uh, other people are taking advantage of that full bore. Um, they're not, uh, well, this is kind of irrelevant. They're not doing street sweeping and like, you know, all that stuff, parking enforcement stuff, but kind of go hand in hand with that. They're also not checking to make sure people have forest adventure pass uh, hanging from the rearview mirror. I don't know about your state because you might have BLM land, but the state land, um, like the the national forest and stuff, um, 
they require this not it's not BLM land. It's like I don't know national forest. So they require you to have a forest adventure pass, which is like a little five dollar thing that hangs in your window, or like twenty dollars for the year, or something like that. Excuse me. <clears throat> Pardon me. It's bedtime, baby. I shouldn't be recording this podcast at uh, 2.30 in the morning. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, the Forest Adventure Pass hangs on your car and says, hey, you can park in any national forest or like at a trailhead or wherever the hell, off-highway vehicle park. I don't, I don't know exactly where you need need a Forest Adventure Pass, but it's posted all over up there uh, in, in the national forest. Once you enter it, hey, Forest Pass required past this point and to park here and all this great stuff. Nobody had them. And it's because there, there's no rangers. And also the highway patrol goes up and down there, but they're not going to stop and look at, t- like, there was literally, there wasn't hundreds of cars. I'm going to guess there was like a thousand cars. It was, there was a, seriously a lot of people up there. I was ba- I was surprised. Um, like, I knew there would be some at the bottom by the lower trails, but I didn't expect people to be all the way at the very, very, very top. That's a long drive to uh, just to chill and do nothing because the camp, like I said, the campgrounds aren't open, the cafe's not open, the ranger office isn't open. Um, but that didn't stop people from squatting. There was people who brought tents and coolers and stuff and were like literally squatting in the campground. And my wife took the kids and the dogs up there in the car and she's like, oh my God, these people. And I was like, dude, like not everyone is like a super law abiding like you. And uh, and honestly, it's not like hurting anybody to go camp up there. Um, you're not paying the forest. So, I mean, they, they won't have money to maintain. And I don't know, uh, hopefully they had the shitters locked because, you know, as there's like a hundred cars up there and if a hundred people had to go take a dump, um, and they didn't pay to park or use the campgrounds, and then you still got to pay to have a truck come and pump the toilets out. Like that'd kind of suck. But um, I don't. There wasn't that many people up there squatting, and they must have just pooped in the woods, I guess. But uh, or maybe they were just up there for the day. Who knows? But I was like, yeah, it's not like hurting anything like terribly. It will soon. It'll add up. But I just couldn't believe how many people had made the trek to the top. And, um, usually, and there was a group of motorcyclists up there too. Like, you know, the, I'm telling you the rides haven't stopped everywhere. They've been happening in communities, in the cities, they've been happening up the hills and in the canyons. Oh yeah. On the way up, I actually saw an FJ09 down, um, all bent up and a little bit of dirt and his buddy was there. So he went down and just like, uh, tumbled. I'm guessing like went too hot into a corner. It was like, excuse me, it was on the left, uh, in the left-hand corner, kind of off to the right-hand side of the road. So I'm assuming he was making the left turn and just didn't make it, you know, well enough and went off. So, I mean, there's still people, I've seen people every weekend getting killed and getting in crashes and the, uh, rescue, search and rescue copters or the fire department has to come up and take them. So, I mean, it's still not stopping. I think it's not as busy as it would have been, like, had this been normal riding season. Um, cause there are still a lot of people staying home, not riding, but I mean, still on the rides that I've been going on, I still been seeing, and mine are, like I said, piddly, like dude, mine are nothing. Uh, going up the Canyon is the biggest thing I've done since May or March 22nd. Um, and so, 
uh, and I didn't ride fast. Nobody was riding fast. That was actually the kind of the cool thing. Is that like he, there was like a, an Aprilia and a Ducati that went flying down, and they were the only ones. All the sport bikes. There was actually a ton of naked bikes, which I kind of wanted to talk about. I think naked bikes are. Uh, everyone says they don't sell in the U.S., but I saw so many this weekend. <clears throat> and then, excuse me, I'm choking, about to die here. I really should have brought some water in the studio with me. Let me see. I don't have anything to drink but this pint of gasoline. <sighs> should I? I mean, it's better than nothing. Let me see. Make my throat feel better? Nah, I won't do it because it might not make my throat feel better. I'll just kind of wheeze and cough and gag over here while you're listening. <laughs> It'd be like prom night. I'll, oh, what? Huh? What? So, anyways... Yeah, I saw a ton of naked bikes, uh, people just cruising, um, and then, yeah, it was kind of cool seeing people that were, like, riding fast but safe, and, and like I said, only the Aprilia and the Ducati guy were, like, tucked down, dragging knee, you know, um, just going ham in the canyon, um, and everybody else was just cruising. It's like, hey, I don't want to go to the hospital right now. Like, that would be the crappiest thing. Yeah, my whole life would be down the toilet right now if I had to go to the hospital. So it was kind of cool. Um, uh, I did want to say that I, I've, I've noticed I went out to pick up dinner tonight. Not on the motorcycle, by the way. Um, and I did notice that there's more people without masks and stuff. It was kind of like weird. It felt weird to see that. I was like, I was creeped out. You go from wearing a mask like for the last two months every single time you go out in public to not and it feels it didn't take long for my brain to switch like hey that's weird um so i hope it's easy to switch back like i'm a little bit scared that i might not be able to transition back and i might always just look like a gangster or a bandit from the 1800s like a stagecoach robber um that kind of suits me better because my face is so hideously ugly and i was uh, burned back in january um burned half my face off anyway so it's like phantom of the i'm half phantom of the opera half um billy the kid so uh yeah the face mask thing really suits me i think i might just wear it forever now um i think that kind of is awesome um and i'll just say covid aware i'll just have like something stupid on the front i don't know but um but yeah so it did kind of creep me out to see people not in masks i was like i don't know if i'm ready for this yet like it's creeped me out i'm not like one of the people that's like a germaphobe i'm not like hypochondriac none of that stuff it was just weird thinking that hey this thing is not over not by a long shot there's like more people dead from this than there was from the uh Vietnam War is what I've heard, like 80-something thousand people. And so I was like, "Ah, yeah, we're not out of the woods yet. Like my work is not having people go back yet. And we have a huge building that they're paying rent for and that they're paying to, you know, for power and internet and all the – all the stuff like that for nobody to – well, not nobody, but very few people to be there. We, you know – you're talking about, I don't know, let's just say a thousand people, something around there to like a hundred. So tenfold people not in the office. Um, it's pretty crazy. Uh, is this part of the podcast where I fall asleep? It's like Friday afternoon. Take a nap. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, I've been so beat after work. I can't believe I was even able to ride. I actually didn't remember half of it. 
I got home and was like, man, I need to go for a ride. My wife's like, uh, you just got back from a three-hour ride. And I was like, what? Oh, my God. So uh, anyway, yeah, it's been this past month and a, and a half has been like a blur. It's been so busy. Uh, barely had time to do anything, I feel like. So it's really good to be here with you guys uh, chatting motorbikes on the podcast. Um so what else did I want to say? Oh, the the Moto Three thing that was fun. The Moto the Moto GP um, virtual race was pretty freaking rad, dude. It was third third round. It was the um, Grand Prix of Spain um, at the Red Bull Virtual Grand Prix of Spain. Um, it was really fun watching it. They they had three classes. They had Moto Three, Moto Two, and then the GP. And they had um, the Moto Three. <laughs> Pardon me. Moto three, I want to say, had like eleven guys instead of just no. Moto GP had eleven guys, I think. Moto three maybe only had like nine guys, and there was this dude, uh, Dennis Foggia, and um, he was out front. Oh my god, by like a mile, he had like a six second lead, like on the first lap, and he held it. And then all of a sudden, he he's like, hey, hey, something. You could, like they show the race in the middle and then around the outside they show their face the who's racing it's so cool and these are real real racers it's not like internet nerds and 12 year old kids these are actual uh that's the, that's why i even watch it to begin with they're actual uh moto gp riders um and so these moto 3 guys is he's out the one guy Dennis Flush is out there by like a mile not not kidding like a mile um and all of a sudden his little the the screen where his face is says bad connection and you can hear him like cutting out he's trying to scream something and on the screen his bike just starts to flip around and like flip fly up in the air it was totally glitching it looked like a a fish on bath salts right and um yeah god it was so crazy and then he's just disappeared his guy just like he he didn't run into anybody he's like in the dirt hitting the wall doing cartwheels like his bike should have crashed but his guy would have got flung off. It was literally doing cartwheels like on its side and like barrel rolls and his guy was just staying on it and then it just disappeared. So the poor guy lost the virtual GP, what probably the only race he's going to be in for 2020. Uh, well, we'll see what's well, uh, pending, but yeah, like the first race he's in of 2020 um, and he goes flipping off the, uh, the screen actually the second i think that they they raced in uh, qatar the moto moto gp got suspended but i think they raced moto 2 and moto 3 they're like these guys are young they're they're not susceptible that's when everybody didn't know much about uh the young people dying yet so anyway yeah it was kind of cool that was a, that was a really cool race who won that that was um i have a note here hang on one sec Oh God, Moto Three! Oh, Gabriel Rodrigo—that's who it was. I think he was from Argentina, and he started like uh, he rides for one of the Honda teams, and so he started like last on the. He got the, he had the pole position, and then as soon as the the lights went out, dude, he just he was like watching a uh, uh, pig trying to run a win a horse, like win the Kentucky Derby, right? He just like straight to the back it was pretty funny and then bit by bit after Foggia went off and we were like oh he's got like an 18 second lead on everybody and then his computer glitched this guy just knocked people out um one at a time one at a time and then finally came to win it so that was really cool 
And uh, it was it was one of the best battles, one of the best, just like real racing. Like Moto Two has some of the best battles, you know. Moto Three, Moto Two, they just they bang it out. Um, so Gabby Rodrigo, young kid from Argentina, I believe, uh, took the Moto Three victory. <clears throat> Moto Two was um, Baldassari, and I think his what was his. Uh, I think his ta- gamer tag was like bald ass 70 something or, you know I don't know I don't remember what it was but it was pretty funny or bald attack I don't know what it was but uh the kid's name is Lorenzo Baldassari um he was you know all the Moto2 or uh, the Triumph 765s so whatever his team was um he took his uh the 765 uh I forget. Let me think of his race. Let me think of that. It's been a couple of weeks now and I can barely, or well, three weeks now. I can't really remember that good. But I do remember that it was like super cool watching them race and duke it out. And when these guys crash, it's so funny because they're really good at riding real motorcycles, but they're terrible at this game, which some of them don't, didn't even have the game until like the night before. And they had to just like uh, cram like for a test, like just learn the controls, learn the physics of the game, and then try to try to come in and win. Um, and then for MotoGP, uh, a lot of the guys from the very first race came back, and there was eleven people this time. <laughs> wow, this is where I fall asleep um, in the middle of the day. That's gonna suck. <clears throat> and then um, yeah, Moto MotoGP. Um, Vinales uh won and he was he was been placing pretty well. They in the in the other ones they only invite the top 5 back. Um so I forget who it was in the first one. It was like Marquez and his brother Vinales and Quartararo and somebody else. And so then Maverick Vinales got to do the second one and I forget where he came but he came in again I think somewhere top 5. And then um so this one uh he took the win, so it was pretty cool. Um, three different winners in three different races. Oh, yeah, Pekka Benyaya won the first one. I think Quartararo won one, and now Vinales. So uh, Quartararo and Vinales are actually pretty good um, in real life. So it's gonna it's kind of cool to see what's going on. Uh, this does bring me to an, a question to, about this year, um, and I can't forget this. I want to talk about this before – uh, the end of the show, but right now, why don't we drop in a, um, a commercial? We haven't done commercials in like a hundred years. So, you know, people do still want to sell you some things and they sponsor our show. So why don't we drop in a quick commercial and then we will come right back and I'll talk about, uh, like racing and like, what's, is, is anything even going to happen for 2020 and what I've seen so far? So yeah, we'll, we'll do that and be right back. This is Nathan Flats from Flats Tires, reminding you to come on down and get everything you need for your bike. We've got tires, they're round, they're made of rubber, and we supply everything you need, including valve stems. The only thing you need to supply is the air. That's right, come down to Flats Tires. We're on the corner of State Street and First, down in Epperton. Yeah, hey Junkie, I, uh, MotoGP here from the Nokomoto Podcast. I thought I'd just give you a call. 
our analytics data for the podcast, it's kind of changed up. I was checking our numbers, you know, to see if that ad spot had done anything for us yet. But all of a sudden, like, my screen is frozen. In fact, my whole, like, computer is locked up, and it's just showing me a big picture of a pickle. Um, I'm wondering if maybe you had any similar issues going on with your data. Um, wait, uh, hold on. Someone's at the door. For over 125 and a half years, no pickle has been more trusted by motorcycle champions everywhere than Clawman Pickles. You want to win your race? Put a Clawman Pickle in your face. Clawman's guaranteed. Clubman's in your mouth and a championship trophy on your shelf. Clubman's the only pickle for motorcyclists. Okay, yeah, welcome back to Creative Writing Motor Stickler Podcast. Why do I say Motor Stickler? Well, well, there's a couple things I want to talk about. Uh, the first one is going to be racing. And I'm not a stickler for racing. Matter of fact, I don't really give two rats hairy asses about racing. But I do want to say I'm sad if racing does not come back for 2020. Um, already Dorna is scrambling. I just read some news today. Dorna is uh, scrambling to get some uh, racing back on the table. Uh, I, I got to think that, like, there was the guy who um, apparently, this is according to Friend and Chatter, the guy who... Uh, owns Red Bull, the Red Bull ring, the the genius mastermind behind the marketing that is selling you some crappy infused drink, uh, supposedly like guarana and taurine and all that stuff. Um, it's really just like gross sugar vitamin water. Um, yeah, that guy, he uh, owns Red Bull ring and owns like a bunch of Ferrari, you know, racing teams and all the Red Bull stuff and was like, hey, listen, man. I own Red Bull Ring. We can do racing to um, minimize the amount of logistics that it's going to take for people to travel all over the world for the rest of the season for MotoGP. If you want, we can just race a couple uh, races here. I thought that's a great idea. That deserves two shots. So... What a wonderful idea, actually. And I don't know if they're going to go for it. And it's like, yeah, but, you know, where's the variety and the competition, blah, 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 blah. Here's, here's the deal. If you wanted to race, well, if you're, if you're a club racer in Oregon, you got Portland International Raceway or whatever it's called. I think that's what it's called. Um, if you are uh, in Springfield, you got the Clobman's Pickleway, which is a super high speed, tears up your tires, beats up engines. It's a really hard track. It's very technical, but super high speed and difficult. It's killed more people there than the Isle of Man, and it's only been open one year. Um, then you have stuff like Chuck Walla Valley Raceway, which has their own CVMA, um, like Chuck Walla Valley Motorist Motorcycle Association 
club racing, right? And if you're in New Jersey, I'm sure the New Jersey Motorsports Park or like ASRA or something runs a couple like on the East Coast or something. So you have your regional and club and even track clubs where you're running a whole race series at one track or a track within like 100 miles of another track, right? They pick the two tracks and and you might run different configurations. Hell, Willow Springs out here has the big track, has the streets of Willow, and then it has a, a... driving course it's not so much a racetrack because there's not proper runoff and like protective stuff but it's more like a mountain street course to practice on and get some photos called the horse thief mile i guess if you wanted to race on it you could i would not recommend it but you could race the big track and the little track and run them clockwise and counterclockwise and so you have four potential tracks there in one location right so every track if you run it backwards is a uh, potentially two races at one venue so the guy that supposedly like i said this is according to front end chatter the guy that owns the uh, red bull ring um said hey man you're pay- you're going to pay people it takes a lot to run a motorcycle team first of all even if you are just club racing, but imagine MotoGP, you're going to pay a lot of money to transport these people all over the world, potentially spreading a virus or potentially exposing them to regions of the world that still haven't recovered all the way and like totally unsafe. It'd be terrible for spectators anyway, and they might not even due to local government restrictions be able to come v- visit the race. Like, why, why are we would be doing this? Like, what would be the benefits? Let's let's figure out here the uh, the pros and cons of, of doing all this. So what he said, according to friend and chatter, is that he's offered up the Red Bull ring. And uh, I think I read something similar to this for F1, is that we can run a few races here. That way you're pe- – and back-to-back weekends, if you like a whole month if you want, and we'll race it forwards one way, backwards the other way, sideways one way, and then off-road. You know, the, Mo- the MotoGP bikes have to stay on the grass and go through the infield. No, I'm just – I didn't make that up. I, I just did make that literally just now. Um, but yeah, you know, you get what I'm saying. Like he's offered to make the venue available for several consecutive weeks uh, or even like a couple weekends, take a break, come back in a couple weekends and run it backwards, whatever the hell they're going to do to make MotoGP a viable thing so that all these teams aren't traveling all over the world, lugging all of these vehicles and equipment and people just to put on a race for potentially nobody, like I said, uh, if it's um, if it's not safe to race yet in the in the or not safe to spectate rather, and they still have like uh, issues against large crowd gatherings, then what's the point? So just take them to the Red Bull Ring. It doesn't have to have a huge crowd of uh, people. As a matter of fact, it can be spectatorless. It can be televised, and. Uh, you just bring a central team. You don't bring like every single person so that the pits aren't full of people. Um, like you would have safety positions filled out, but and then all those people could wear personal protective uh, equipment, right? So they were, they were trying to figure out ways to make it happen. I think that's a wonderful idea. I did notice that the AMA as well has a, uh, or not AMA, the Moto America. I got a press release from them that they're, exploring a uh, program called Safe to Race where they're trying to figure out how Moto America can do the same thing. Uh, because on, on the MotoGP, Moto America, whoever you are, it, A, it takes money to run a race team. And um, sure, the quickest way to uh, you know make a large force 
fortune, uh, make a small fortune in racing and start out with a large fortune. So it already costs money, but you're also losing potential sponsorships and advertising for the sponsors that do sponsor you every time there's not a race. So I, I know that the, the irony is that it costs more money to race probably than you make. Um, and so you're actually saving money by not racing, but you're also not giving your sponsors uh, a fair cut. You're not, you're not, it's not funny. You're not um, earning your wages so that you're not getting paid to race if you're not racing. MotoGP guys probably don't have to sweat it, but you know, local uh, Moto America guys that probably work at dealerships or as plumbers or whatever the hell they do. Um, yeah, so John McGinnis even made a joke about that. He's uh, racing British Superbike, I think, and the TT got scrapped. Um, so did the Bonneville tri- uh, Speed Trials and uh, a couple of other things. Just, everything's getting scrapped left and right. And um, so Moto America is exploring a, a program called Safe to Race where they're trying to figure out how to do sort of the same thing that MotoGP has, or not MotoGP, but this guy that owns the Red Bull ring has sort of said, like, hey, man, to minimize the amount of um, the amount of uh, people and equipment that you have to ship around to all these places, let's just have it one place, several rounds in one place. What does it matter? You know what I'm saying? Like... I don't know. It's tradition to move it all over, but it's practicality to like not have to spend that much money to keep everybody there, especially when you're not making any. You know, and it'll give the riders and the crew a chance to earn a paycheck. They might racing might be their only paycheck, um, or they might give up their jobs to do racing um, and get paid for it for like you know a few weeks and then go back to work. So. If they're out of if they're out of work, they're out of both jobs, you know. So it's like, uh, yeah, they're trying to get things figured out, which I really, I think is great. And um, I don't know, uh, the, like I say, just wear your stupid masks and don't get around a bunch of people. Don't if there are races, uh, if they're spectatorless, I'd be fine as long as they televise them. Because to be honest, what's the better? Uh, what better viewpoint are you going to get than zoomed in what the TV gets? It won't, you won't hear the sound. You won't be drinking the beer and stretching out on the grass in the sun, getting all sunburned and hungover. Maybe that's better for you. I don't know. But, um, yeah, you won't have to, like, wait in line for the can. You poop your pants out in the fairway. So, yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of cool stuff that comes from uh, the races being canceled as far as um, – but there's also a lot of bad stuff, and I can see how people want to make this available. So, yeah, I'm, I'm totally down with I'm glad Moto America is trying to find out a safe way to do it. I am totally glad that Dorna is trying to find a safe way to do it. But to be honest, right now is like the summer silly season when they take a break. A lot of, a lot of them do. Uh, I almost don't know what would be the, um, you know, how good can a season be after this? So that's um, another thing to think about, you know. I guess five races is five races. The riders are probably pining, you know, for the track and like getting antsy. Don't want to atrophy. Don't want to lose them skills or be rusty. Um, and you know, racing, they're it's in their blood. At least that's what all the quotes are. If we truly believe that, uh, everything they say all year is, is true, then it's in their blood and they're raring to go. Um, this also made me wonder about Valentino Rossi. You know he was going to um, finish out this year. His contract's done this year. Next year, they were going to give him like a satellite bike, but get offer him the same factory support that he that the factory team would have. He just wouldn't be a factory rider. 
Um, and so at the end of this season, I'm going to see, like, I saw a video of him talking about, uh, talking about the ranch or something. I forget what he was talking about his ranch or his little museum of stuff that he's got at the ranch. His house is pretty dope, dude. And he could retire right now with, uh, all the prestige in the world, even the 2015 season behind him. If you don't know, that's the season that I swear he had a mental break and like, had all these conspiracy theories about how Marquez and Lorenzo were against him because they were Spaniards teaming up. And yeah, it was, it was a really interesting season. Um, and he went a little bit crazy and cuckoo. Um, but in the videos of him recently, he looks like an old Italian fisherman. Like he's not looking that great. Um, and not, not anything against his age, but I mean, he just, he's starting to get that look. He looks like a, uh, an old pescadero. So it's kind of funny. I was like, is that an old fisherman or is that Valentino Rossi? Um, you change his clothes and you wouldn't be able to tell. So I don't know. How is he going to, maybe he wants to be an old fisherman. So we'll see next year how things play out. Is he going to continue with uh, Yamaha or is he going to bounce? You know, so he says he wants to ride and it's always in his blood. But I tell you what, like after this, and then after uh, a little bit of a break, he might change his mind. Um, I don't know if Lorenzo is coming back now. They was He was supposed to race the Spanish GP at Aragon. I'm not even sure when that's going to happen or if it's going to happen, um, especially given the plan that the Red Bull guy has. Now, I just said the, the Red Bull guy, that was just that was just like an idea. Let's uh, It's nothing set in stone. That was just his idea. Let's uh, have it all in one place or two places, you know, not just my place, but like I'm offering my ring if you guys want to run it. So we'll see what happens. And um, I think they're they're hoping to open stuff by July. Same thing here in the States. Um, July is like everybody's like set point when things should be kicking off, um, including the motorcycle season, you know, finally kicking off. All you people that have been like waiting to get through winter, now we're through winter. Uh, pardon me. <clears throat> and now we can start riding again. Sorry for the yawns. I'm not going to edit them out. Um, I'm just going to tell you I'm beat. My throat is starting to feel the effects too of talking. Um, being on the phone all day today, so I might cut this pretty short. I did want to leave you with this. A um, couple things. Uh, thank you, patrons. I need to call out our patrons by name. And Mr. Sing Syme, um, I still haven't mailed your patron stuff, but I, there's something I wanted to add, so I'm glad I haven't mailed it yet. I will get that out. Um, and my, my sincerest apologies. So Chris... Thank you so much. You're our latest patron. Chad, Jerry, Phil, Corey, Danger Dan, Chuck, Matt, Narissa, Mike, Ray, and the OGs that helped me start it all, Paul and Lance. Thank you guys so much for being patrons. I will be in the, um, like I said, I've been staring at a screen all day and talking all day. And the last thing I want to do is get into our Discord channel and look at another screen all day and do more chatty chatting all day. Even if it is typing, I've been typing missives to people left and right. I've been doing more typing and than I ever want to think about. So last thing I want to do is look at a computer screen and type some more. I'm friggin' sorry. But patrons, I don't have to be in there for you guys to get in there and start chatting. Throw out some show ideas. Throw out some... As a matter of fact, Paul, uh, as, a, as a patron at the $20 level... He has a segment. He can, uh, we need your segment, Paul. 
Come on, give it to me, buddy. Uh, give me an idea, or he produces a segment of his own and ship it into me, and I will go ahead and play it on the air. So we'll see how that works out. Um, he's done great. He's already a field producer, and now he's an executive producer um, in the background. So uh, thank you guys so much for continuing to help the show uh, through this weirdo time. I hope that um, the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge, a lot of these guys were on my team um, last year. And so we'll see how, we'll see how it works. We'll see what happens this year. They moved it back till September. I believe I haven't even listened to the show. That's another thing I haven't done. Uh, being on the, you know, I work, working in an office is great and it allows me to listen to every single podcast that I dearly love. And then some that I hate, but I'm trying to listen for, uh, objective opinion. Um, yeah, eight hours a day, man. Totally free to listen to podcasts all day. Dream job. Uh, guess what? I've been yapping eight hours a day with people in meetings all day. I've been staying late at work a couple times, like just because I haven't got anything done all day. And that's not a feeling that I like. So it's like, I have to accomplish something or else I'm going to be all in a grumpy mood tomorrow. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's interesting, but uh, the long story short of it is that I don't have a, uh, uh, block of time now. So I'm getting backlogged on podcasts. So I know how you feel if you don't listen at work, if it's too loud or if you're in a certain environment where you can't listen. Um, and if you binge, I'm with you now. I get it. I totally understand. And there's a bunch that I want to catch up on. I want to catch up on Cleveland Moto. I got five weeks of Cleveland Moto that I haven't heard. Luckily, I'm starting to value the shows that are only um, every other week because at least I can kind of listen after work and then it's done. And I already have like, uh, you know, by the time I'm done listening, I get around and get some free time to listen. The other one, another new one pops out. So it's almost like I'm almost enjoying the bi-weekly ones better just because I actually have time to listen to them. There's another one that I listen to that comes out every couple days. And man, I have 25 episodes of that show in backlog. That's 25 weeks, I think, because I, I probably will only get a chance to listen once a week. So we're talking like 25 weeks plus every couple of days it adds you know two more that I will just be in the hole. I'm probably have to go back and delete. So um, skipping this last week, for me, uh, maybe it'll let people catch up. Our play rate didn't really go... Our play rate has been crap this whole time. So I hope that we're we're helping you get through this and I hope that you liked. I mean, we did go a little crazy ourselves. There was a ep- couple episodes where I had uh, I didn't tell you guys this, but I was testing SpaceX's um low earth orbit whatever the hell their new space plane's going to be. And so I was in space for a couple episodes. Um I didn't play the crash landing. Uh I was under a non-disclosure agreement. I can tell you that it was a uh, unsuccessful and it was really painful, and I lost the motorcycle that they gave me to take on that trip. So I was really bummed about that. But I am safe. Um, just the craft isn't. And the uh, Elon Musk said, "Fail up." <laughs> so every time he fails, he learns from it. So I didn't tell him it was partially my fault. So, but yeah. And then we had my kids came on, and we did like the crazy episode of the um, Chicken War. And if you're the patrons, you got that radical coloring book. The center fold uh, was a. Uh, um, like the two pager was the chicken war, like all the stuff my kids made up in that stupid story that we did. So I don't know. It was kind of funny to me, but, um, 
totally on motorcycle related. <laughs> so that's what happens when you have kids on the show. Um, and so, yeah, there's like a, there's a bunch of stuff, um, I need to get into with you guys and, and uh, and ideas, anything that you guys want to hear about. I hope that all of this has been entertaining for you guys and keeping you going, like I said, during these weird times. Um, and thank you patrons for, uh, everything that you guys do. Um, I will be in, I'll try to be there this weekend in the Patreon chat and I'll try to upload that, uh, behind the scenes show with Wiggins and Jay, um, that I was going to put out a couple weekends ago. I haven't really had time to be online. So, um, yeah, if our Facebook page and Instagram and all that crap is sucking, sorry, um, hashtag working for a living right now. So, um, yeah, yeah, I know. Anyways, um, what else did I want to say? Okay, I talked about uh, the ride I did uh, before Mother's Day. Talked about Mother's Day ride. Um, talked about this weekend. It's really packed. And, oh, what I did want to say is that um, now May is Motorcycle Awareness Month. There's a couple things happening. So May is Motorcycle Awareness Month. Please be aware of motorcycles on the road, especially as people have been going like 3,000 miles an hour. I read this is like global right now. Uh, I was just listening to another podcast the other day that does like news from around the globe, and they were saying in England, um, la, somebody was doing like 100, over 150 or 160 miles an hour or something like that. And I was like, what the hell? So people are doing that here. Like with the in LA, the traffic is picking up pretty steadily. On Mother's Day, there was as much traffic as if there were had never been a pandemic. So I was like, what the heck? So uh that was interesting. But um also it, it was just kind of nice that it's not like full bore bumper to bumper, at least not in my area yet. And it hasn't gone back to that, and it's still pretty it's not ghost towny like it was i can't stop and take a picture of my bike like park my bike in the middle of the street get off walk away 15 feet take a picture and get back on and go before i see any traffic it's not to those levels anymore but um it's not full-on bumper to bumper you know waiting by the time your light turns green and by the time you get up to the intersection it turns red because there's so much traffic in front of you it's, we haven't got it back to that yet but uh it's coming which is why i think that the uh things are starting to ease a little bit and we'll see how stuff goes we'll see if stuff starts spiking back up i guess and if it does we'll be like, ah, hey man like the beaches down south in in uh orange county and san diego are apparently open and just like a b- billion people went and it was like, what the hell, you guys? This just proof that you can't like accept people to be responsible uh, for their own actions. It's the uh, I think Jacksonian democracy. Where he, he was a big uh, proponent of like, hey, people are idiots, so they need representatives um, to represent them. Otherwise, if left to their own devices, they do stuff like you know, go to the beach when there's like some weird outbreak that people don't have a. Uh, vaccine for i don't know um so anyways yeah i'm not 100 percent sure uh if things are easing i just feel like they're slowly are opening back up you know so people are there we'll see we'll just see how it goes but i definitely can't do uh, the ghost town um rides anymore and i can't like do nine thousand miles an hour around town anymore um oh yeah that was something else funny on the the ride i went on on uh not this last weekend, but the week before I was coming out. I told you guys I went to pick up a prescription 
at the pharmacy and I had just got there, pulled up a motorbike to the drive up window, which is kind of funny. Um, pulling out of the driveway, looked both ways, no traffic, didn't see anybody, just went ham, just zero to 40 in like one second. And the speed limit's 40 or 35. And as I'm creeping up, like literally in the in like one second, I'm doing like 45 miles an hour, right? And I look up and there is Johnny Law pulling out of the driveway. And I was like, oh God, no. And I so thought he was going to come over and uh, give me a ticket, but he did not. I guess I wasn't like that big of a risk, you know? So, um, but yeah, uh, we, we did, that was, that was pretty fun, kind of funny, silly, but, uh, yeah, I did want to say, um, another thing, one more thing, uh, before we're, uh, I sign off here and that is, um, as this, as we're coming out of all this stuff, as hopefully motorcycle shows are being scheduled again, racing's being scheduled again, um, all this great jazz. Um, hopefully, May being Motorcycle Awareness Month, people don't start getting hurt as these restrictions are getting lifted and more people get out on the streets. Just because I've seen people doing 90 miles an hour and it's kind of freaky and scary. Um, I just heard on Cleveland Moto that they had their first wrong way driver experience. I've had that happen before at nighttime, so I could see it coming. But during the daytime, that'd be scary, especially on a motorcycle. You just like, uh, and some of those rural highways, that'd be awful because you're coming around a corner through the trees and all of a sudden there's a car there. So I hope everybody's being safe and I hope that this um, weird situation with people getting back out into public and and getting in their cars after having not been in cars for a couple months and people getting back on bikes after having not been on bikes for a couple months doesn't make a terrible cocktail um, and lead to like, you know, a bunch of rise and deaths. I'm really scared about that. Um, there, The next thing I wanted to say is AIM. I've been getting some emails from AIM. Next week I will cover... I I just went through two um, since we've been in quarantine. I got two episodes or issues of American Motorcyclist magazine, and I've been reading a lot of cool stuff in there. It's uh, funny how much stuff is in AMA because they usually just like any product. I should know because this is kind of what I do for a living. But any product that goes to print or anything like that, you're you're writing it like two or three months out. You know, some some of them are even longer than that. It just depends. God damn, every time I move my mouse, this computer, hey, there we go. So uh, I don't know when they got this news and how how old this news is, but they still have lots of articles in the AMA um, magazine. And so um, they could have been months, you know, they probably were writing them before all this was even a thing. Um, and then they just update it and address things here and there as they come out. So international female ride day got canceled. It was in this magazine. Um, some of these, some of the events and stuff they're talking about in here, you'd be surprised. There's just, there's still so much motorcycle stuff going on. And like I said, I realized they wrote this before all this happened, but, uh, the AMA, at least, uh, the stories and stuff in here are pretty timeless. They're anecdotes about rides and like what got people into motorcycling and they'll cover like historic bikes like this week's this year month centerfold is Wayne Rainey's um 1983 GPZ 750 
and uh, it looks beautiful. I used to have a GPZ550. This is Zephyr, I believe is what it was called. And um, yeah, now, then I got the KZ550. And it's uh, not quite the same. But um, yeah, beautiful bike, actually. God, I love this. So yeah, I'm looking through here, and they're like talking about all the rides, all the spring rides and summer rides that are going to be coming up. Guess what? I, I doubt they're going to be happening now, but um, it is nice to read about them and what was going to happen, getting all these routes and like gear reviews and all this stuff. Um, and there's some rights in there that I want to talk about. Some uh, e-bicycle, some fuel, some stuff that you're going to want to know as things loosen and you get back out on the road. So, um, yeah, I'll probably talk about some of that stuff next week. I, I need to read it more, too. I barely had got a chance to read it. So we'll talk about a little bit of that. We'll talk about um, Solstice Slam, which is going to be coming up this summer. I want to hear your ride stories. I really do. I know you haven't been on any lately, but they can be from any time, honestly. And your artwork, your music, your um, poems, poetry, uh, sketches, doodles, stories, whatever you have that's motor-related, uh, send it to us for Solstice Slam. I'll get you some dates for that. Usually, pardon me, usually it's already happened and we're picking winners right about now, but we're going to actually align it with this summer solstice as close as we can, uh, which is coming up in like a couple, uh, month or month? Yeah, a month or two. So it, depending on what day today is. Depending on when you hear this, it could it could have already passed. If you're listening to this six months from now, guess what? Solstice Slam already happened. But I'm going to try and do that. I'm going to try to get some cool things for uh, the winners. Um, patrons, you are automatically entered into Solstice Slam, so don't worry about that. By the time Spooky Spokes comes around this year, I hope something cool has happened. Like I hope none of the spooky stories is that people died of COVID-19 while riding. But Spooky Spokes is also uh, a time of the year when uh, when we talk about spooky ride stories or anything that happened to us creepy on a ride. We had an awesome, awesome uh, entry last year that won. That was, that was such a cool story. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's interesting what's going to happen for this year. I'm not canceling that um, for sure. Those two things are going to happen regardless. And then patrons, you get automatically entered for one free, uh, entry token. Um, what else is happening? Oh yeah. I totally dropped the ball on this. This year I was going to make it the year of the patron and every couple months, the patrons are going to be able to give me an art challenge. I was going to see how creative our creative writers are. I realize. I'm trying to push you into doing something you don't like to do or you're not good at. That's fine. But Paul Smith rocked it. We're doing every two months. Uh, submit an art. You have two months to submit an artwork, and we'll judge it at the end of the month. So January, February, Paul sent this really funny picture. I actually put it in the Patreon coloring book that I made, um, which I'll probably add to and resend to you guys when I actually have it printed. And, yes, I'm going to actually have it printed. Uh, just... Um, None of the printers around me are open yet because that's not essential business. Um, and I'm also going to get some stickers made. Again, not essential businesses. Yeah, that's about the only thing that is essential right now. Um, so, yeah, I um, there is a couple things coming up for our patrons, but I totally flubbed it and missed the uh, 
January, February, I guess I got the March, April. I totally missed. And now we're into halfway through May. So May, June. So I don't know if you guys have anything you want to submit, just submit it. Um, I'll pick two designs. If, if two people, you know, if you guys want, want me to, um, if I can even get two people submit art or anything. So yeah, it's just our patron only. If you're a patron, submit something on our, um, Patreon page or via our email or something like that, that you've done. That's creative. That uh, is inspired by creative writing. I also made a stupid page on, uh, uh, a group on our, uh, creative writing Facebook page that is, um, Cove Bab 19. And I was trying to think of something funny. Thought of it late at night. Haven't touched it since it was the Creative online virtual bikes and, and I was thinking beers, ba- I was thinking like what do stupid bike shows have? They always have bikinis, babes, beer, blah, blah. So I was like, ah, ha, ha, we'll make it this, but I'll put it like creative online virtual bikes and bikinis. Only the dudes have to wear the bikinis. <laughs> so funny. And then the next week we'll switch it up to bacon. Then we'll switch it. So your bike, maybe a bacon bike. I don't know. And then, uh, or your bike with you eating bacon. I don't know. just, you know, that's how I didn't think about it. I didn't think about it that far. Uh, and then bikes and beers, bikes and bald heads, like bikes and beards, not, all, not beers, but beards. Um, and so it would be open to everybody because you could, if you're a chick, you could shave your head or wear a bald cap, put on a fake beard. Everybody can drink beer. Um, every, everyone can get in a bikini. Everyone can eat bacon. So I was like, this is going to be a funny, until this coronavirus craps over, this is going to be a funny, uh, cool way to do like a virtual bike show. Well, guess what? It's been canceled due to COVID. Not because of COVID, really, just because I, right after I did that, it was the worst idea in the world ever. But right after I did that is when I started getting super busy at work and I've had zero time to commit to it. So if you do want to go over to our page and join our CoveBab19 bike show, go over there, paste a picture of your bike. It still says bikes and bikinis. (laughs) I need to change that. Um... And it's not even funny anymore. It was uh, it was barely funny when I first thought of it. I was like, "Oh man, we got to do bikes and bikinis," but the guys had to wear bikinis. That'll be that'll be funny. That's a that's a funny laugh. Ha ha ha. Yeah, that's a me doing too many bath salts. Um, so, well, sprinkling bath salts into my meth. Don't mix the two, please. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah. Do you do want to go over there? I'll change it to creative online virtual bikes and bad times. I don't know. We'll figure something out for the extra B. Um, but, uh, yeah, so there's that going on. There's a bunch of stuff that I started and just, you know, got busy with and the old creative writing, uh, if that wasn't bad enough, um, we got our, our patrons that need stickers. I haven't done a sticker run in about six months, if that, uh, maybe longer. And also, uh, the, Creative writing, um, Bosusoku build needs to get underway. I've I've been doing a bike project, and I'm not going to talk about it till I'm all the way done because I usually do that and then I don't finish it. And I'm like, what a dickhead. So I'm not even going to talk about it anymore until I'm all the way done. But it is the fiberglass project that I've been working on for a while now, doing it in my spare time, um, which is like the, I thought I'd have way more due to COVID nineteen and everybody being at home, like my whole family. It turns out everybody needs taken care of. And it's a lot more work to have people here 24 seven, um, and keeping everybody entertained and healthy and happy than it is, uh, just to be able to 
do whatever I want after work. So yeah, who knew? And then after work, I'm so damn tired and I can't talk anymore. So this show really is uh, the best I've done. Um, yeah, just want to bring you some crappy butt rock right now and tell you that um, if you uh, let me see. Oh, yeah, some things I noticed, man about the future of motorcycling and we'll see as this year progresses on how things go yeah it sounds like intro music doesn't it let me see how it ends it ends now so here's something i noticed and this is i mentioned this a while back i mentioned this a few weeks ago i think at least that i had noticed you know at the motorcycle shows that we go to um that there's more and more and more side by sides and there's more and more and more and more. Uh, I, I told you that this year IMS Kawasaki had jet skis there. They had Terex is there. Honda had their introduced their freaking talent for Pete's sake at IMS. So I noticed the aim this year. Their aim little stupid emails that they were sending out to me. Their little marketing deals um, was like little like teasers and stuff of like different vehicles. And then one I was like, that's a quad. Like what the hell? So. I got the the full email and the full video and I watched it the other day and it was like, yeah, AIM, American International Motorcycle, AIM uh, Expo is going to be featuring, uh, right in their advertising, the first thing that was on there was a quad, not even a motorcycle. It was like a quad. And then when you click on the video, maybe a motorcycle came up first, but it's like little blueprints. And I swear the first one was a quad. Then it went to a cafe racer. Then it went to like a um, side by side. Then it went to like a power tool. Then it went to like a, like a leaf blower or something. And then it went to who knows what, I forget even what it went to, but I was like, only one of those was a motorcycle aim. Or should I call you ape? Because then they started talking about the power sports um, industry. Now, I would even take uh, e-bikes, pedal bikes, not e-bikes, electric motorcycles, because those are definitely motorcycles. Um, I don't think the engine's what makes it a motorcycle. The fact is that it has two wheels. So e, uh, like pedal assist bikes, like the Super 73, they call themselves a motorbike company, not a motorcycle, but a motorbike. And they are. They're electric motors. They're like little, and they look like little mini bikes. So I would even accept stuff like that and 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 pedal assist bicycles and electric bicycles and stuff like that that cost $10,000. They cost more than my bike, you know, uh, off the showroom floor um, for a pedal bike, you know, mountain bike with, with the electric motor in it. I will accept that at, a, at AIM even. Or IMS, which is the International motorcycle show but more and more and more and more i've seen this power sports thing creeping in and it's made me respect to some degree the fact that zero only makes motorcycles american company only makes motorcycles um suzuki and eh, they make quads so let's not count them but uh bmw only makes motorcycles and scooters if they make motorcycle anything on two wheels we'll count it so bmw Granted, they do make cars, but so does Honda, right? But Honda, unlike BMW, also makes side-by-sides and quads and all that stuff too. So Honda makes like power sports and autos. So in their power sports, it's not just motorcycles, right? Kawasaki, same thing. They make motorcycles, but they make power sports. So I want AIM and I want IMS to change their names or at least acknowledge that they're not IMS- and AIM, AIM, they're Ape and 
uh, imp or something like that. International, uh, the ips. So ape would be the American International Power Sports Exposition, which I think it's turning into. We reported before that side-by-side sales are going like skyrocketing. Dirt bike sales plateaued and like street motorcycle sales in the U. This is all U.S. based going down and growth now is like tanking, right? Other countries, same sort of thing. Like side by side is not growing as fast, but pretty, pretty much. Um, it's, it's not quite a global thing yet, but in developed countries or rich countries, it is like Abu Dhabi. They don't have that many motorcycles there. They have a lot of side by sides and super expensive dune buggies and stuff hitting the hills there. I watched a documentary on the Abu Dhabi dunes. Um, it was just like Pismo Beach or Glamis here in California, like in Nocatillo Wells, like tons, tons of people going out there to the, to the dunes. So, um, yeah, side-by-sides, man. They're not just uh, – they are extremely – doing extremely well in the, in the U.S., that's for sure. And I see why the brands that offer them want to hedge their bets and hinge their bets, but hedge their bets and invest in their whole market range. But please, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because there's nowhere else to market your – you're not going to take your quad to a um, – the international auto show, I get it, or the LA auto show, or wherever the hell you're gonna go, I I, I get it. But you you might take your quad to the international farm, like international tractor show or something like that. And even if you do take it to AIM or IMS, just call them Aper Ips. It's the American International Power Sports Show, and I can deal with that. I just can't deal with things being called motorcycle and then it's not like the Sturgis motorcycle rally. Could you imagine if a bunch of quads and side by side showed up like more, uh, or you learned that more were selling than your precious motorcycles. Um, and, uh, already at American flat track too, I think they've partnered with, it was either Yamaha or Honda to be the official flat, uh, official side by side of, um, American flat track. And I get it. They use those side by sides as like, there's two types. There's the recreational utility vehicles and then just the regular utility vehicles. So it's like the sporty ones and then the ones that they carry the uh, the gasoline and the hay bales and like, you know, drop their workers off. So I get it. You know, it can be the official side-by-side of American Flat Track and but then they have them racing around the track too. It's like, dude, where is this crossover happening and why? So that's why I respect Zero. That's why I respect Harley Davidson. That's why I respect Indian. And uh, anybody else that's not making a quad or a side-by-side, keep those filthy and a trike. So I guess I don't respect Harley that much. But keep those filthy power sports things out of the motorcycle shows or and let like e-bikes and like mini bikes and stuff come in or or call it the progressive international power sport show not international motorcycle show and aim call it ape international or american international power sports exhibition so or exposition whatever the hell it's called aim expo exposition so um yeah that's one thing i wanted to say that i've noticed is that the trend in um in vehicle usage, we, we pray for our sport to continue in our lifestyle. It's not a sport. If you commute, 
you wouldn't call driving to work in your car a sport, a motorsport. So if you want the lifestyle and the mode of transportation, which happens to also be a, a motorsport, to continue, man, please get out there and, and buy and support motorcycles. This trend in power sports is crazy. Um, and I understand why these companies want to want to invest in them. You know, those, that market is growing. It's fun for the price of a um, motorcycle, almost. The side-by-sides are really going out the roof now, but for the basically the price uh, uh, of a regular motorcycle, like a Tracer 900 or a BMW, you can buy a, um, a vehicle that will take four of you now, take you and your kids, and they even do have six-seaters, so it just depends. But yeah, it's a, it's a interesting. I just I think I was reading about that. I noticed that a lot of the the shows are like, "Hey, we're coming up soon. You know, it's going to be that time of year um, for the motorcycle show." And it's like, not motorcycle, really. It's like the power sport show. So yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. Not that AIM hasn't been power sports related since it first came out. I think they've always had like non motorcycle stuff there. Uh, but IMS is really disappointing that more and more and more and more they're like slingshots and like uh, side-by-sides and all this jazz. So I just wonder where it's going to stop. Um, and with that, this podcast is going to stop. I'll tell you that much. Um, next week, oh, yeah, and Brian Honeycutt, real quick, before we bail out of here, Brian Honeycutt, who was also one of our writers for the uh, Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge last year, congrats. I think he did a bun burner um, gold or a bun burner. I, I mean, he did like a bun burner and then turned around and did a bun burner gold. I think if you're not familiar with what a bun burner is, go to the, um, iron butt association online. It is where you ride like, well, a bun burner is a, an iron butt is a thousand miles. I think in 24 hours, that uh, is easily enough to do, but a bun burner, I think is 1500 miles in 24 hours or something like that. And then a bun burner gold is like 2000 miles or 2,500 miles in 36 hours or something like that. So, or 48 hours. I forget exactly what they are, but I think he did like back to back ones. He's such a freaking trooper and that guy's pretty badass. He does it all on his, um, GS. I think he has a 1200 or maybe he upgraded to the 1250, but yeah, he does it all on the, on those just like, uh, banging them out. So he's been probably a little slow on work recently. Like some of us have, and he's been putting that time to good use. So maybe we'll get him on the show to talk about it. Um, and also if you get a chance, I was watching this earlier today, go over to, um, TPS fab on, um, Instagram, on uh, Instagram, on YouTube and watch our buddy, uh, one of our patrons, Chris Singsheim. Um, he's getting into, he's starting to produce little segments and get into the uh, video casting, I should call it, because it's just like a podcast. Only you get to see his beautiful, smiling uh, Wisconsin face, which that almost sounds like an oxymoron putting those three things together. But trust me, it works out. Uh, but yeah, go over there, check those, check that out. Maybe we'll have Brian on the show too. Brian, I actually do want to talk to you, and I want to talk to our patron Chad too about. Uh, some stuff that he did, um, similar to what Brian's doing. But yeah, so with that, guys and girls and anything else that, that you are, um, have a good weekend. Happy Friday. Sorry I started to fall asleep. I know I need my afternoon nap. I, I, I'm tanked. I'm done. Thank God it's Friday. I just got out of a meeting, and uh, 
yeah, a training and I can barely think straight right now. I just need to quit talking until next week. So until next week, peace, grease, and uh, turkeys and geese. All right. Schmelzty Befelta. It's your boy Junkie just wrapping up this week's show. Sorry it wasn't the barn burner you were expecting. Junkie is very tired. Um, so, hey, if you want to contact our show, you can call and leave us a message, 740-563-2858. Uh, write us at creativewritingpodcast at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook page and just click that little send email button. You can also DM us on Instagram. We are on Instagram and Facebook at Creative Writing Podcast. Uh, for our Twitter, go to creative underscore writer at twitter.com. It's Twitter closing down. I heard all sorts of rumors. I've heard so many rumors. I didn't think I'd yawn on this total outro, but whatever. If you'd like to become a patron, uh, go over to patreon.com forward slash creative writing for more information. Thank you to all of our loving patrons for all of your past support. Uh, I will be getting some stuff together, and as soon as I can, get it out to you guys, like I said. Uh, if you would like to contact Wigs, uh, go to Wigs09 on Instagram or Field Initiative Knives on Instagram. Uh, he may or may not be back on the show. I don't know. We'll have to see how all this goes down um, as the weeks go on. He's been really busy as well trying to uh, keep his fam going. And uh, he doesn't even have motorcycle stuff going on right now. So he's, um, I think he might run for president or something. Maybe not come back on the show. Um, if you'd like to contact Jay, become a patron and go to our Patreon page and uh, check out our Discord and you can uh, figure all that stuff out on your own. Um, yeah, that's all I'll say about that. And if you'd like to hear some extra bonus material featuring Jay, uh, also I'm going to post it up on our Patreon page. Um, and all right. Yeah, for Junkie really out this time. I tricked myself before and said, Hey, this is the end of the show. And now I'm like, Hey man, this is the end of the show. You got to give some contact information. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, yeah. All right.